Welcome to The Point After on WDVE Pittsburgh. Brought to you by Parks Casino. The entire Steelers radio broadcast team is here to break down the last game. Here's your host, Missy Matthews. Everything in tight. Third and goal. Pickett, second effort. He's in! Second effort got Pickett into the end zone for his first career touchdown. And the Steelers have forged ahead. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Point After. Missy Matthews with Bill Hillgrove. You just heard there on the call from Sunday, Craig Wolfley and Max Starks joining us as well. A lot of excitement at Acrisure Stadium on Sunday, and it quickly fizzled out. The Steelers losing their third straight game, falling to the New York Jets 24-20. to And Billy, uh, not the way you wanted a storybook potential ending for Kenny Pickett when he had a chance to take his first snaps in a regular season game. I heard the man say, let's break down the Steelers game. It was already broken down. That was a tough loss. Um, You know, and again, uh, I have to be careful what I say about Kenny Pickett because I can be accused of being biased, having watched him for five years. Uh, But, you know, I I think he gave him a spark. Uh, He made rookie mistake, uh, a couple of them. Uh, That interception was a bad one. You know, as Craig and I were – kind of off the air talking about it. Uh, if you're going to throw the ball away, throw it away. Mm-hmm. Don't don't try to half complete it. And I think that was the, the mistake that he'd like to have back. But, um, you know, he gave him a spark. Um, but where it goes from here, I it's up to the coaching staff. Uh, I think the feeling is that he's going to probably start in Buffalo, but nobody knows. I would suppose, hey, look, I don't think there's any going back. You know, you got the young man comes out, and it's one of those situations where it's sink or swim. I don't believe did he, I don't even remember him taking one reps with the the during the week and in, in the ramp up to it. I don't think there was he any. He said thought. he had very little reps. Most okay. of them were mental, and you know, watching Mitch and whatnot. Yeah, so I think the thought process was definitely not one of we got to get you know him ready just in case. I think they have been looking at Mitch as being. What they they started off the off season with. This is our solution to what we're going to do, and we're going to. But something had to change. You could feel it, and it, it did change. And he, Kenny brought some upbeat action for whatever reason. His ability, you know, in the huddle with the guys, the the fans, whatever. It was you know all that mojination started rolling. And I got I got to tell you, the, the kid was impressive. You know, yeah, he made some rookie mistakes. Yeah, he. Didn't get the storybook ending that he wanted, but by golly, man, he brought some life. I got a text from a friend that said, hey, we have a new running back, Kenny. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He gives you that dimension, uh, and I think maybe it's necessary now. I really believe that. Uh, Okay, the offensive line, I think, is getting better, uh, but I'm not sure that Najee is always hitting the correct hole. Uh, I, I mean, he's, you know, he's I, had issues. Yeah, I mean, but everybody's I mean, I, got that I, I, hand I'm in not, the pile. I'm yeah. not trying to cuff him because you know he he gives you everything he has, but uh, you know the, the, we just don't have a continuity about that offense, and maybe Kenny's going to give it to you. I don't know, but you're right. You can't go back, uh, and you know now that begs the question: Who's going to not dress this coming Sunday? Mm. Max, in terms of knowing Coach Tomlin very well, what do you think made him make that decision, especially at halftime? And, you know, not a lot of guys even knew until they came out into the onto the field. Well, I, I think that's just a leadership move. I mean, you can you can feel the heartbeat of the team. I mean, we were on the sidelines, Missy, and you could feel that it was just kind of like, 
oh no, here we go again, kind of like we're bracing ourselves for something. Mm-hmm. Um, even in the moment of Chris Boswell kicking that 59-yarder and setting a record at, at Akershore um, on the untimed down before halftime, I don't feel like that was enough of a jump start, right? That wasn't, that wasn't the jolt, you know, you needed the car to get back on that stalls out on you. And I think, you know, Coach Tomlin kind of knowing that, you know, and, and even though he does not placate to the mob, I think, you, you know, the mob says it enough, right? You start to think, well, I wonder what would happen if I was to do something like that. You know, this young guy's probably been showing us some stuff in practice that's like, okay, in the limited reps that he's done, he, he makes a splash. So, you know, he makes that ultimate decision to do something, but he also, he knows what the consequences are of that decision. And I think even though when we, when we, when we all listen in for the press conference on Tuesday, we're, get, we're, 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 we're going to hear an explanation, but ultimately we're all going to know that, you know, how do you let down a guy who was voted a captain in your team um, for this season, know that he's not going to be a starter and more, more often than not, probably be in a position where he might not dress. I mean, I think there's a very likely scenario because you don't want that reciprocal or concussive effect to happen where if anything happens to Kenny and or, you know, he's having a bad day that you're now switching and playing a two quarterback system and going back to Mitch and then coming back with Kenny when he's healthy. You don't want to start playing that type of game. So I would be very interested to see if he even dresses um, and, or if they, or if they get Mason ready to be the second string guy and then you kind of just have Mitch as a healthy scratch. The one thing I did think Max was I thought that when Boz nailed that 59 yarder, you know, I thought maybe Mike saw that this is kind of like that last spark you're down to, you know, you're trying to start a fire. You want something, anything. And if you got just a little bit of a spark, you think about, okay, I get this is as good as I got it right now. And then all of a sudden you think, maybe this is the time. Maybe something can happen if you, you know, you take a Hail Mary on this thing. And I, I gotta tell you something. I was not in favor of Mitch Trubisky being replaced. And Kenny convinced me that he was definitely up to the job, that's for sure. Our first segment tonight is brought to you by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. Max, I think it was inevitable, though. We all knew at some point, unless something crazy happened, that we were going to see Kenny Pickett playing in a regular season game for the Steelers. Um, In terms of being a teammate, being an offensive lineman, what goes into a change of a quarterback like that? Well, I think it's already a natural buy-in, right? I think you, you've already bought into the fact that you either one of these guys could be the starter for me because they've been going back and forth through training camp. We knew this was an open competition. But I think you know, further than that is, as a line, to go out there and make sure that you make the guy who's the signal caller right, no matter who it is, um, in those situations – and you have to have complicit trust in that individual. I think the offensive line has complicit trust in both Kenny. I watched it. Actually, I should say all three of them. I, th- I think all three quarterbacks have the implicit trust of the offensive line. And we and our job is to go make them right. Right. I mean, that's that's our job as linemen. We don't we don't have bias. We don't have favorites. Um, the only thing that we worry about is nuance and cadence sounds. Right. <laughs> that, that's about it. How do you sound when you know when the guy says hut? Or on his hard count, is he a hut, 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 or is he ha, hut, hut? You like you start worrying about how that is. That that's really the only difference is. But I think the biggest thing is is this week 
Kenny's going to get all those ones reps. So now the line gets an opportunity to kind of get used to his feel, get used to his style. And also, you know, another thing I think that's kind of, you know, is one that we don't think about enough. Where is he at in the pocket on a given play? Because that's one of the ones that bugged me for about five years with Ben. You know, it was, okay, I know it's a five-step drop, and he's looking right to left. But after that five-step drop, is he going to be right behind me because he feels leakage from the right? Is he a guy that likes to drift? Is he a guy that, you know, picks a side left or right? Those are the other things they're going to have to get a feel for, and that's going to come with the growing um, into the position for them because they're going to have to know how to block for him and what he likes if things aren't clean. Does he like to break right? Does he like to break left naturally? You know, what is he looking for that how close does he get the pocket before I need to take off and start blocking guys downfield? Like all of those little nuanced things are things that you pick up over time with experience. In terms of tomorrow, Coach Shulman has his weekly press conference at noon that you can watch on all the Steelers digital platforms, also on the CW locally here in Pittsburgh. After the game, he was noncommittal, said we'll deal with next week, next week, just so we take our vote heading in. Uh, who are you guys starting if you have the choice, Billy? I don't think you have a choice. I think it's Kenny Pickett. I would double down I, I, I on just, that. Yeah. I, I just think the era has started, and uh, we're going to have to – Watch him grow and hope he grows quickly. Uh, if you look at his numbers, he had the best pass efficiency rating. Oh, well, not better than Braxton Berrios because <laughs> he was one for one for a two-yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. But uh, and, and look at the three interceptions. Hail Mary doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, the one throwaway that he didn't execute does count. But I thought the one that Chase Claypool didn't catch was the one that probably shouldn't have happened. You look at his numbers then, he's – 12 of 13 instead of 10 of 13. But, you know, that's the road not taken. Well, I, I, I'm i simply of the mindset. Look, I love the fact the kid came out on his very first heave-ho. In regular season, he goes downtown. I mean, it showed me this. He's not afraid. He's not afraid to make a mistake, and he's not afraid to overprotect. He's going to try to be ball secure and do all that, but he's not afraid to challenge people down the field. And, I think that's look. You got the crowd on uh, riding with you. You got that. Um, it's the new era thing type coming out. The crowd is wanting. You know the the next Ben Roethlisberger. You got. There's a lot of things that you got to manage there with your adrenaline and everything else, and not having a lot of one reps. And I thought the young man came out and did a great job of of uh, you know taking care of the ball. And like like I said, the only mistake bad that I thought was that fifty fifty ball too. Uh, Friar move mm-hmm. because he was fifty percent trying to throw it away and he was fifty percent trying to make a play. And you got to remember, that's yeah, a third down. You're in the face of a rush. You got the lead in the fourth quarter. There's a lot of mitigating circumstances, and that's a lot to take in for a young guy. And as my dad always used to say, you know, it's it, it's hard to remember that your first priority is to drain the swamp when you're up to your butt and alligators. You know, and he <laughs> pulled the trigger on that, and it was just one of those things. You know. And during the draft process, people would ask me, you know, you've watched him for five years. What makes him tick? And I simply said, he has it. And I'd point to the solar plexus. He has it. I don't know what it is, but he has it. He knows how to win. And you can't teach that. You can't coach it. It's either there or it isn't. And I still believe that. Max, I thought it was interesting how you said, you know, possibly having Mason backing up Kenny if that's the route they go. Charlie Batch was on a show with um, myself and a few other people earlier today, and he said the same thing. 
Do you feel like Mason's vote of confidence changes after, you know, what he went through this entire offseason and being the healthy scratch these past four games? I don't think his confidence goes anywhere. I mean, this is something that Mason's Mason's been in this role um, since he's been on the team. You know, he's been that two, three type of guy where it's like, you know, we want him, we don't want him. Um, just be ready to rock and roll whenever we tell you to go. And I think he, he, he knows how to prepare in that type of fashion. So I don't think it would be something where he would, you know, lack confidence. I mean, heck, he, we, we took him cold off the bench and not having any playtime last season and made him throw 50 passes. So I right. think there's a confidence level with Mason um, to go out there and pass the ball. Now, does the offense change? Yeah, it becomes a little more a little more two-dimensional than I'll say three-dimensional. And I say third dimension, meaning the mobile quarterback aspect of it. It's run or pass with Mason, and he's not going to be the runner. So he's going to be more traditional in that aspect. But I think as far as arm talent, being able to hit all the routes, being able to judge everything that needs to be done from a, from a base standpoint and knowledge of the defense, I think he's good in all those areas. So I think if you do decide to go that route, I think I think you're just as good with that. You know, he is in, I, from time to time getting a conversation with Mason and just watching him since all this unfolded in the offseason. You know, where all of a sudden they're bringing in Trubisky, then it's Kenny, then it's like they're going to have an open competition, but Mason never gets to go with the ones. He is one of the most locked down, psychologically strong dudes I've ever met. I mean, this guy, it's like you said, Max, look, at the day of the game against Detroit on a rainy day against the worst run defense in the NFL, uh, they say, well, you know what, uh, Ben's sick, you're going to have to start, and we're going to throw 50 passes, and he completes 30 of them. You know, I mean... Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a win, but it wasn't a loss. They tied, and the fact of the matter is, he is able psychologically, that's for sure, to handle whatever you throw at him. I think just watching this guy from afar, because the way he conducted himself through this whole process speaks to the type of high class individual that he is. I got a lot of respect for that man. I never met the man, and I saw him play twice against Pitt. Uh, one uh, where he destroyed them out there at uh, Stillwater, and then mm-hmm. uh, he still had a pretty good game in Pittsburgh. Uh, but you introduced me to him as, as oh, he, on that's a right. road trip. It was we were in Carolina, and I was impressed. I was impressed, uh, you know, with his demeanor. And uh, so let's see how it plays out. Uh, I don't think uh, Mike Tomlin's going to tip his hand tomorrow. Uh, I don't think so. At the starter? No, at at the at the, at the uh, depth chart. Got it. We shall see. Max, in terms of Coach Tomlin, he seems to always like to be very upfront. So you don't have players, teammates guessing what's happening. Do you think today when they had team meetings since they're off tomorrow, they all found out, hey, this is the person who's starting. Here's how we're going to work this week when we come back together on Wednesday. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it's more so today is the corrections from the game. So you're just going to get corrections based off last week, and then the new week starts on Wednesday. So I don't think there's going to be any discussion about it. You know, I'm sure players might – talk amongst themselves or in groups about what it's going to look like, but you won't hear that from the headband. <laughs> Anything surprise uh, anybody that they heard coming out of the locker room yesterday? I guess the only one that I heard was that, was it Deontay? He mentioned the R word. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, what? I'm not going to say it. <laughs> okay. Then I'm not saying it either. <laughs> oh, look at I'll that. write it on a piece of paper and hold it up. <laughs> <laughs>
We'll fill you Whoa. in, Billy. <laughs> Voldemort. Okay. All right. There we go. <laughs> reloading. Maybe that's it, right? We there can say go. reloading. <laughs> All right. Well, we have much more to talk about here on The Point After. We'll discuss what the offense needs to do to be successful in Buffalo and also what happened at the at- end of the game in terms of the Steelers' defense. Is it becoming a trend? We'll be right back. You're listening to WDVE. Back to the point after. Brought to you by Parks Casino on DVE. 59-yard field goal attempt for Chris Boswell. That would tie his longest of his career, which he had against Dallas. He can do it. Coons with a snap. Harvin with a hold. The Boz with a kick. It's on its way. It's long enough. It's high enough. And it is good. 59-yard bomb from the Boz. And the Steelers cut in to that Jets lead. Everybody, welcome back to The Point After. Missy Matthews, Bill Hillgrove, Craig Wolfley, and Max Starks joining you. Let's give a little shout-out to the Wizard of Buzz because our segment right now is brought to you by the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank and Don's Appliance. For every field goal we kick this season, Don's Appliance will donate $1,000 to the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. That's 5,000 meals each time. Thank you to Don's Appliance. You can also donate, too, by texting GOALS to 50155. Two from 50-plus, the 59er you heard Billy call there, the longest at Acrisure Stadium. And thank goodness for that penalty and then being able to have a 10-6 game, uh, making it not as bad heading into the halftime, Wolf. Well, it's it's exciting. I mean, a guy goes out and bangs a – you know, one through from 59 yards, and you're like, okay, we're still in this. We still, that's that spark. That's a little bit of hope. That's what you want to keep alive. And so for him to be able to contribute like that, meaning the Boz, um, it's fantastic because that was a tough kick. You know, it wasn't like that was a gimme by any any means, shape, or form. Uh, matter of fact, I, I, I was maybe a little overconfident when I was a little verbose there. <laughs> I said, he, he can make it. Oh, <laughs> yes. No, I believe in him. No, I believe in the Wizard of Oz. That was great. It was a great job by him. And it certainly contributed to getting something going when Kenny got in there, I think, and uh, doing something in the second half. Mac- I liked it. I, I liked it for sure. And uh, I wish I'd have said it was a record at the time. I just said it matched his career high. Uh, but I should have thought about the Acrisure record, which was, what, 56? He had it at 56, yeah, yes. So by three yards, that's, that's remarkable. Max always watches Boz kick. I always watch Max to see what Max does and then listen to the crowd. That's how we operate on the sideline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But as soon as yeah, Max no. went to give me a high five, I was like, all right, all here right. we go. That's <laughs> yeah. Funny. No, it, it was one of those. I, I, it, was, it was a tremendous kick. And, I mean, like you said, it was a spark. But was it enough to keep Tomlin down the same path? I mean, obviously we saw it wasn't. We know that it was that ember when you rub two sticks together, and he was like, I need a fire starter. You know, I need that little flintlock thing that you just hit the little flint on it and yeah. create, this, create it, you know, because this, the two sticks rubbing together was not going to work. And, I mean, I've watched enough uh, camping shows and Naked and Afraid to know that, that that's not <laughs> the most Hey, you know, my brother Ronnie, <laughs> he's pretty good at starting fires. Yeah, over the summer we go. Okay. Got a fire pit. He's, he's our fire pit starter oh, in the summer. Oh, was he an Eagle Scout? 
No, just oh. uh, I don't know. You know, just a guy that was able to start fires. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, don't want to make that sound bad though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just quickly on Boz, he has made 19 of his last 22 field goal attempts from 50 plus yards, including 14 of his last 16. And this was just the second game of his career with multiple field goals, 50 yards or longer. Crazy. He did it against Amazing. Chicago last year. That crazy game that also happened uh, at Akershire Stadium. But, all right, let's get back to the offense and let's hypothetically assume Kenny Pickett is the starter. Max, what needs to happen to support him as best as they can as they prepare to head to Buffalo to face the Bills? Well, I think one of the biggest things is is just figuring out what the best mode of attack is. I mean, now this Buffalo team is not as adept at running the football, but you have Josh Allen. Yeah. <laughs> and if you've watched Zach Wilson, if you've watched everybody else, you're like, okay, Josh, we're going to put you on the move and give you the two-way go because we know what this defense is. The defense now has shown on film they're, they're, they're susceptible to um, trick plays as far as like double end arounds and things like that. Um, they're not as disciplined. And Cam Hayward even hinted at that. So I think, you know, the biggest thing is going to have to be discipline. Um, I imagine this is going to be a very tough defensive week because you pissed off the captain of the team, Captain Cam, and I know he didn't show his full emotions in that postgame interview, but you could feel it brewing um, as far as what he is, what he's got 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 going cooking up in his brain, and it's going to be discipline in those gaps that when you rush or you shoot a gap, that's the gap you stay in. Don't sit there and fluster, and also trust yourself because I think a lot of times in that game, as we were watching it. You would see like Highsmith and Cam and Leal, like they would whip the block on the offensive lineman, but then they would stop the rush momentum to look and see where he was. Even though you know where he's at, they were trying to pick and choose where they thought he was going to be, and that led to them missing a lot of sacks, and only getting one sack in that, in that contest was because of that. So you have to imagine that Josh Allen's looking at that and saying, okay, I need to create that same type of guys if they're going to slow up. And I think for them, they just have to completely run through and continue to do what they're doing as far as their stock blocking and, and making sure that you're, you're, you're taking your angles and then you're re retracing back if he does beat, beat um, where, where you think he's going to where, – where he is – I'm sorry, where he is going to be versus where you think he's going to be. Um, and then offensively, continue to establish the run game. I'm sorry, there, there's a lot of uh, – very hard wind outside. I just saw palm trees blowing. So I apologize. I get distracted. That's okay. But, um, Stay safe. Well, uh, yeah. It's not yeah. snowing, is it? It's not snowing and it's not a hurricane. So oh. those are the two good things about living you're just You're in rubbing it in, saying palm trees. That's all. Yeah, you're that's just, fair. Uh, that's that's <laughs> all you're doing. Kid? I mean, everybody can have a palm tree. Just you won't get a full one. <laughs> have one in your house. I've seen, I've seen uh, you can go get it at Home Depot. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know. But, uh, but yeah, no, it was just wild because it just banged up against, like, my window on the outside. And I was like, oh, oh, what's going on here? It's not my kids. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but, no, but getting back to it, offensively, what they have to do, continue to establish a run. I think another thing is the offensive tackles. Um, you've got you've to be more disciplined this week. Um, you kind of got beat a little bit by Johnson and by Lawson uh, on, on, on some plays. And then for the interior, more depth. Do not get the illegal man downfield or ineligible receiver downfield calls. I think they have to be a little more disciplined on the, on the RPO type stuff and hold for a tick longer because they realize you got caught 
um, how many times you could have got you got Twice. at least two two yeah. times yeah two Once times could have could have got caught a third time um, in the game but Kenny chose to run so I think that's where you, they have to be more disciplined and stay on their blocks as well. Did Kenny choose to run because he saw that? Uh, we will never know. Yes, but, I'm, I'll you t- know it's a good question. Yeah. Should have probably. Yeah, asked it him. is. That that would have been a great question to ask at the press conference. Why weren't you in there, Bill? Just joking. I was <laughs> trying to find to my way out of the stadium. You lived there yeah. too long last this past weekend. I, I think what day it was. And plus, <laughs> I was there Friday night for the Pitt Hall of Fame, so I was there three days in a row. So you slept there. <laughs> Actually, no, but <laughs> I did. I, sl- I slept with the club at. Uh, their hotel. There you go. Five minutes away. That uh, is a no-brainer rather than commuting from Murraysville. Well, one of the biggest <laughs> things, one of the biggest challenges is going to be how you handle the wildcat stuff that Josh Allen is capable of doing, whether it's wildcat or it's just Josh Allen tucking it and going. You know what I mean? Because you've got an extra blocker when he has some of those designed runs, and then at the same time, <laughs> this guy is so capable of tucking it and going at any given time. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's some – you know, thought to giving a spy uh, and so forth, doing those sorts of things. But, you know, it's going to be the biggest thing they can do in support of Kenny is to support Kenny with some offense. And part of that is going to be the run game, like you said. But I think you've got to dial up some screens. You've got to be able to have some of the draws and so forth. Those sorts of things that which can, you know, really mess with the defense a little bit. And I think the fact that there have not been many screens at the, the Steelers' offensive run, I think that's – Something that is, is, in my mind, I always used to love the screens. It was always one of those things offensively that's a real weapon if it's used properly. And if you got guys that are peeling, you know, on the backside, kicking out on the front side. And, and I'll never forget, the, I don't know why it's popular in my mind now, but I was the second guy out behind Mike Webster one time. We are playing Kansas City. And Mike was running in front of me, and he caught, he got caught by the, the turf monster. And he went down. And you talk about a face plant. I mean, he just blasted himself. And I, over his shoulder, one of the Chiefs was sitting on his helmet, and I just saw over the, where he landed up, out past the numbers. You could see <laughs> this Chief sitting on his helmet, and he saw Webby go down. He fell off his helmet laughing. <laughs> and Webby got up. He was so mad. <laughs> and it was, it was one of those things. But screens, I think, really add something. It's an offensive weapon that's underutilized right now. Two positives from yesterday. Pat Fryermuth, career best, seven catches for 85 yards. And George Pickens, over 100 yards, six catches for 102. Max, we've been clamoring. Uh, Yinzers have been asking to see more of them. And it was throughout the game, not just at the very end. No, absolutely. I, I think I think this was something when you're talking about seeing what the three amigos could be moving forward, right? And I'm talking about Kenny, George, and Pat. Um Seeing how all three of them work together, I think seeing a half's worth of work was uh, was something to give you a little bit of a twinkle in your eye, knowing that all three of these guys can grow together, you know, because they're all within a year of each other. Pat being the elder statesman, so to speak, by being one season ahead, yeah, but Kenny right. Pickett being 24 years old. Um, so it, it's just it, it, it's something that I think, you know, it, it gives you a little bit of hope. It gives you a spark. But, but that spark needs to translate into victories, and it's going to be very tough sledding for the next couple of weeks to establish that unless there's just some instant chemistry and you get more of a catalytic response, which is 
like an internal combustion engine, right? You know, the spark that just drives an engine to roar and just take off as opposed to that little ember for a fire and you're stoking that flame and trying to throw moss and everything on top of it. Mm -hmm. You need You need a big response from them, especially considering the opponents and the caliber of teams you're going up against in consecutive weeks before the bye. I think what's interesting too, is that, you know, basically we got a glimpse of the same offense, but executed through the eyes of a different quarterback. You know, you really saw a difference. Why, you know, that why all of a sudden is Pickens been targeted more? Why all of a sudden so many targets on the inside with Pat Fryermuth, and it's just a, a little more of an emphasis, a little difference possibly in one quarterback, his preference, and throwing the ball over another quarterback's preference because it's the same offense. You know, and one didn't even really have too many reps at running that offense. So I think the expression of, of Matt Canada's offense is kind of taken on a different light with Kenny running the, running the uh, offense. Max, what did you see in terms of what the Jets did against Deontay Johnson? Targeted four times, only two catches for 11 yards. The one, was it a touchdown, was it not? They said it wasn't, so it didn't count. But were they doing anything to take him away? Well, I think schematically they were playing a lot more zone um, against the Steelers. So, you know, when you have two-eye situations, um, coverage was still rolling towards him more often than not. And then in the single-high situations, you know, George Pickens had the more favorable matchup. That's why I think you look to him more because safety was still kind of leaning towards 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Chase Claypool never gave you a reason in that game to be a threat. Only targeted two times. Of course, both times he gets targeted. Nothing ha- comes of it except for good things for the Jets. So they knew they'd already eliminated one of the three potential receivers um, that could come out there and hurt them in 11 personnel. So focus your energy on taking away the more dynamic one that's a known commodity in 18 and let's see if 14 can actually be that guy. Well, hello, we know 14 can be that guy now. So it'll be interesting moving forward how teams attack them because now you have to make a choice. Who is the one that we're going to define as number one on this team? Mm-hmm. That's It's true, Max. I mean, the thing about it is, Deontay, I forgot that I heard a percentage because um, somebody, I think Matt Williamson had a nice cut up on, on the targets. His cheat sheet. Yeah, it's, oh, it's cheat sheet. Cheat sheets. Careful. Uh, yes. Careful. Doggone it all. When, you know, when you're missing a tooth, you know, <laughs> gets all kinds of problems. But, you know, the fact is, I think that uh, Deontay's had a preponderance of the uh, targets throughout the first, you know, three games. And it was interesting, again, the expression of somebody's offense through the eyes and arm and talent of somebody else, you know, rather than Matt. It's Kenny, and I think there's a difference in an ability for one to attack a certain way and, and for one to attack another way. So it, to me, it's it's interesting watching the dynamic. All right, we are going to take one more break here on The Point After. When we return, we'll go over the list of injuries to keep an eye on this week and also the Steelers 0-7 without T.J. Watt. What needs to change this week in Buffalo? Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Back to the point after, brought to you by Parks Casino on DVE. A lot of emotions, but, I, you know, the only thing I'm thinking about is winning out there. So I was just kind of, you know, staying in tune with the game and what we needed to do uh, to come out with the win. And, uh, you know, that didn't happen. So it's something that I definitely need to learn from quickly um, and get it fixed for whenever my next opportunity may come. That was Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett following the Steelers' 24-20 loss to the New York Jets on Sunday at Acrisure Stadium. This is our third and final segment here on The Point After, brought to you by Clearview Federal Credit Union. For every turnover the black and gold create in 2022, Clearview Federal Credit Union will donate $500 to the Light of Life Rescue Mission. 
Clearview, helping people to enjoy a better life. Visit clearviewfcu.org slash touchdown. Missy Matthews, Bill Hillgrove, Craig Wolfley, and Max Starks. And there you heard Kenny saying, when my next opportunity may be. One other um, maybe could have gone better things that happened in the second half yesterday that he also touched on in his press conference, Billy, was that pitch that didn't go so well to Jalen Warren. It was low. And that, of course, put them behind the chains and then the interception. So, uh, but you got to think about this. You got not one but two rookies involved in the play, and uh, you, you have to live with rookie mistakes. And that was one of them, and it certainly wasn't a good one. To me, it actually looked like a knuckleball. You know, what I mean, it came out flat. There was no spin to it, or I don't even know if you have a spin to it because I've never taken a pitch in my life. Really? You know? <laughs> they they <laughs> didn't do that at the Q's. Yeah, I, I can tell you truthfully. Well. There, there was that time at University of Maryland, again, fat, you know, fat guy football, when I, I was excellent the day before the game because you had to play. You got to be over 275 to play, and you play on 20 yards, you know. And uh, I threw for three TDs and, and ran for two uh, the day before we played Maryland, just to, just to let you know. You I'm know. impressed. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, that was back in college days, you know. We, we, we heard the sad news that Paul Christ got fired, uh, the Wisconsin coach. When he was at Pitt, he had a fat man – a punt return group. There you go. And it was funny. Oh, it, yeah. It was, yeah. The big guys went back and got under punts, and it entertained everybody. Max, do you ever do a fat man relay? You know anything like that? <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, oh, yeah. No, we called it the weight man relay, okay. not the fat man relay. So Politically correct. Politically uh, correct. Yes. So I cannot say that I was ever classified <laughs> as a fat man. I was just simply a skilled guy who could throw things very far. Oh, <laughs> yes. Um, but no, normally no, no. I mean, large yeah. skilled guy, right? I mean, is it abnormal? I feel like I was normal, <laughs> except for when I stood next to other people, you know. Um, but no, um, so yeah, no, we we had we had some drills, and and you know, and I think also you know for us in college, we also we had that day where it was a, it was it was a Friday practice in the stadium, you know, the day before the game. Yep, and and we would we would go through receiver drills. And you and we would we would switch positions. So receivers would go and and pretend to be offensive linemen. Offensive line would go pretend to be receivers. Even though I took that job very seriously, because that's what led to me actually becoming, uh, you know, the third tight end. And we had pass patterns when I was on the team at the Steelers. I don't know about when you were there, Wolf, but I, back in my day, uh, <laughs> they asked have me. Them, but no, Tom Moore, our offensive coordinator, later on in my career when I became a short yardage tight end. He said, how do you feel about, you know, running a route and getting the pass thrown to you? I said, do not tell the quarterbacks, do not throw the ball unless they can throw it hard enough to wedge into my face mask. Because <laughs> otherwise, there's not a chance, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and, th- and that's the funny thing is that we actually did it in Friday Night Lights. We actually ran the drill and Ben threw it to me. But the problem was he threw it behind me and to the only hand that had a cast on it. Because I had, I had my hand cast it because I sprained my thumb. Uh. And so I'm like... And I'm like, I'm like, really, really, you couldn't lead me at all. Like, where I actually have a normal glove on. You throw to the one that has the cast on it. Well, all I have is my four fingers can only just, just slightly grip down. I was like, man. So, that, and Ben said, that was your chance. I'm never throwing to you again. <laughs> there you go. He always likes yeah. to test people, you know. Yeah, uh, he does. Let's quickly go over the injuries that Coach Tomlin mentioned after the game yesterday. Not great for the Steelers' defense. Terrell Edmonds, we know, left the game. and He is in the concussion protocol. 
Cam Sutton is dealing with a hamstring injury. Mika Fitzpatrick with a knee. And then Captain Cam Hayward, an elbow injury that seemed to happen in the first half. And then in the second half, also an ankle. So things to keep an eye on this week when Coach Sondland updates us tomorrow and also through practice. And also, of course, Akella Witherspoon was not available. So we'll have to see if he's able to come back. But I should have done my homework a little bit better. The Steelers have played four games, which means Calvin Austin III and DeMonte KZ, who were placed on IR when the cuts were made, could come back after this point. I know KZ was suspended. I think that counts, though, still during that time period. So I don't know if we'll see any of those guys return to practice this week. So just some news and notes in terms of roster stuff. Well, a little cleanup never hurts. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. They're going to need all the hands they can get, all hands on deck coming in Buffalo. Red There's Rover, no Red Rover, <laughs> bring KZ on over. Doesn't sound we too bad right about now, right? <laughs> Remember yeah, especially, that, with Edmund, especially with Terrell being out. Right? <laughs> Remember that for tomorrow morning, Max. I want to hear you do Red Rover, okay. Red Rover in the morning. There and we we're go. assuming that Ryan yeah. Anderson and Josh Jackson will go back down to practice squad, right? They reverted back, yeah. yes. Okay, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll there have we to go. find out maybe more about that tomorrow. All right. We need to talk a little bit more about the Steelers' defense and just the collapse that we're seeing in the fourth quarter as we heard Cam Hayward not happy about giving up two touchdowns in the last bit of the game. Um, You know, the Jets' offensive line, a lot of offensive tackles they've been shuffling through. Billy, what are some of your biggest takeaways of what you're seeing? Uh, The the drive that bothered me. Okay, they had the winning drive after the tipped interception. Mm -hmm. But the the drive before that bothered me. Uh, You got them back at the 19. And uh, you got a third and seven. They get a 36-yard pass to Garrett Wilson. Don't like that. Third and 13, they get seven of it. But on fourth and six, you allow a 21-yard pass to Corey Davis. Chunk play. And that's a killer. Mm-hmm. And then the only other time they got the third down was on the touchdown, Wilson to uh, Corey Davis. So, you know, that those what does Coach call them? Money downs or, you know. The weighty downs. Weighty downs. And uh, we failed miserably with a 36 and a 21. Uh, that's what, 57 yards of a, uh, an 81-yard drive? That's too many big plays on weighty downs. Well, you look at, I mean, there's no other way to look at it other than what's trending. And what's trending is that the defense has really struggled in the fourth quarter, second half to yep. fourth quarter. And, you know, whether it's Cincy when they scored with two seconds remained to tie the game, whether it was the Pats, when they went on a six-and-a-half-minute drive in the fourth quarter when it was the Browns with, the, you know, 14, 11-play drives in the second half. And you got the Jets with a 10-play, 65-yard TD drive with three-and-a-half minutes to go. I mean, it's uh, something that inexplic- inexplicably you look at and you go, this has got to stop. You've got to be able to get off the field in those weighty moments is what Mike Tomlin calls them. And uh, that's just been something that they have really struggled to do. Now, is it fatigue? Brought on by the ineptitude of the offense that is contributing fiercely to this trend? Well, I think in Cincinnati you could say that was would be part of it, but I can't see it in how many snaps they have uh, yesterday. Oh, 60... it, it, was, it was acceptable, 60. Yeah. Steelers actually won time of possession. Yeah, yeah, by, yeah, by, by two fair. seconds. But hey, but hey, hey they've still... only been averaging 24 that's minutes. Right. That's I, right, hey, Missy. Listen. We take those victories where we can get them. Yeah. Listen, I listen, guys. I mean, it, it's it's being not adept, and we talked about this wolf in the show earlier today. Right. You've got to be complete. We keep seeing moments of it because you 
you think about the first two drives of that third quarter, the defense was still there. So we've seen three quarters of a game from this defense. We've seen a full game, but it's just it's never in coordination. Individuals have good moments, but great defenses have great quarters, great games, you know, great great months. <laughs> yeah. um, and so we just haven't gotten those. We got a great game, obviously, in Cincinnati, but there was no follow-up after that because, like you said, the next three consecutive games, you give up game-winning drives. And I think – the third down conversion is where you have to look at it. It's the hero ball plays, right? And and they have not been the heroes in those moments. Tell your puppy and hi. I know, I know, I know. We told Billy about this, and now he got to experience it. Yes, he he is destroying his little dragon right now. His poor dragon. I don't know how this thing has lasted for two years since he's been a puppy, but it has no ears. It has no wings. It's just a, it's just a body in the head that he can't find a squeak or two. <laughs> and he's frustrated just like everybody after that game. But the Steelers get a chance to do it again on Sunday, heading to Buffalo to face the Bills. We want to remind you the Steelers Pro Shop is where you can gear, gear up for the latest set, sideline apparel, hats, or jerseys of your favorite players, custom items, exclusives you can find directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops located at Acrisure Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets, or you can shop online at shop.steelers.com. For Bill Hillgrove, Craig Woofley, Max Starks, and our producer Tom and Missy Matthews, thanks for joining us on The Point After. We'll see everyone next Monday.